0: Hi, it's Tammy, and uh, I'm in my car today. I'm actually on my way to work, but I just felt the need to start talking about this topic, and I wanted to be able to get it out. Yesterday, somebody at work's father had passed away, but she was at work, and she was very, well, pretty much calm about it. And uh, But she was conflicted because... Uh, she didn't really see, get to see her father a lot. He lived in another state. And he was very stubborn about going to the doctor and taking care of his health. And, uh, but I talked to her about my experience. I have, uh, my mother-in-law and father-in-law lived um, about 50 minutes away from where I live. And uh, in 2002, my mother-in-law had uh, heart failure, congestive heart failure. And after that, she really wasn't a well woman, but she did have high blood pressure and diabetes. And um, about a year after she finally got through all the congestive heart failure, she wound up with a diabetic wound. And uh, she didn't let my father-in-law tell us about it uh, until it was bigger than it, like, well, it shouldn't have happened anyway, but it was bigger than you know we needed it to be. And uh, anyway, without going through all the details, you know, one thing led to another and begging and begging. And finally, when it could have been a skin graft originally, it wound up being an amputation below the knee. And so telling this to my co-worker, you know, made her feel a little better because she felt like she maybe didn't do everything she should have done for her father. But, you know... (laughs) They they like to live their life on their terms, you know. You can't make somebody do a, do something the way that you want them to do it. And you know, a lot of times we want to save people. Now, with my father-in-law, my husband had to make the decision to take him off um, the the respirator, uh, be, but because the other option was for him to be on. Some kind of breathing apparatus for the rest of his life. And that meant not being able to talk and not being able to eat. And he loved to have his hot meals for all three of his meals. And so it, it would have meant that the quality of his life was not going to be what he would have wanted it to be. And so he made it, and he was going to be without my mother in law, which is something he really did not want to be. You know, someone he didn't want to be without. And so they basically passed within 52, 42 days of each other. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure that's the way he wanted it because that's what happened. So we don't always get to choose what happens to our loved ones. And realistically, we have to really honor what they want because after all, it is their lives. And even though it's really hard at times, to make that kind of a decision, um, you know, it's about them. You know, it's about what they want. And we can't be selfish in those instances. We can't make decisions to keep resuscitating them or saving them and saving them when they're in poor health or they just want to be out of their body. My mother-in-law, every time time she would get in a bad way, you know, my father-in-law would run her to the hospital, or run her to the doctor, please save her, please save her. And she was angry. She didn't want to be in her body anymore. She was in pain. Um, we had forced her to do the amputation because we wanted her to be around. And, you know, we had the grandchildren begging her, and we just, every trick up our sleeve we were trying. And she really wasn't happy with that decision. So, maybe we should have just let her be and let her go I mean she stayed alive another like eight years or something but it wasn't always pleasant years she wasn't living her best life so when do you make the decision well I think the decision is what is going to be the quality of their lives and who's going to benefit is it are you keeping them alive just for the benefit of you are you keeping them alive because you want them to be there and you want to spend time with them, what are their thoughts? You know, what is it that they want? And so I think that a lot of times, you know, when we are losing a, a parent or so, sometimes we have no choice. Something just happens and they go and we don't have that option and we're sad. But, you know, we have to think about when when they're not taking care of themselves you know, or something happens that maybe they could have done something about it instead of thinking, oh my God, why didn't they do something about it? Why didn't they, you know, take care of themselves? Well, because it's not what they wanted. And so the truth of the matter is we have to honor that. So we can't keep making decisions for other people. We have to let them, we just, sometimes we just have to let them be and be okay with that decision and the other thing that I was thinking about is about the grieving process. So this particular woman was at work and feeling calm. And I know that after my daughter, my older daughter passed away, um, after we had made the which we put, we took her off life support on Monday and Tuesday we we're making arrangements for her funeral and my younger daughter who plays hockey asked to go to her practice that night and we did and it was very hard but it was what she wanted and what she needed and i wanted to do what was best for her and i wanted her to be surrounded by her hockey girls and i wanted her to have support And we went there and we cried. And we got supported by the hockey parents. And, you know, there's no right way to grieve. Um, I do say that you have to grieve. You can't hide from it. But how you react to it, that's your personal journey. That's not anybody else's business. So if you the type of person that doesn't show emotion in front of people and you, you know, just want to, or you just want to go to work and you want to feel supported by your coworkers, you know, because, listen, you know, the protocol is when you've lost somebody, especially when you've just lost somebody, it's okay to cry, it's okay to be however you want, and people are going to support you and they're going to... You know, be there for you. Maybe not in a few months from now, or a year from now, or whatever, but definitely at the beginning of your uh, grieving process. So I feel like you know you shouldn't feel guilty or feel judged if you react however you react. I remember years ago, uh, actually in uh, 1979 to be exact, when my one of my grandfathers passed away. Um, I was young then I was well I'm not going to say but anyway um, I was young and I remember laughing laughing so much at the funeral service my father who it was his father um, literally kicked me out and it wasn't that I thought it was funny and it wasn't that I wasn't sad that he had passed away I I don't know. I guess that's just how I was dealing with it or reacting. But um, the second that he was going in the ground, I just lost it. I I just lost it. I immediately got hysterical crying. So there's no right or wrong. There's no way of knowing how you're going to react. Everyone's different. When some some people, they lose a child, they cur- 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 uh, curl up in a ball, and they don't want to know from anybody, and they can't function. You know, me, I had just started a job, and they I was out for a week, and they gave me another week, and the next thing, um, you know, I was back to work. I was crying every day at work, but I was but I was back to work, and, you know, I had no choice, and so that's, and that's how I had to deal with it, and, you know, there were times that I took some time off or whatever, but for the most part, I was there, and, you know, it's not really such a bad thing to go back to work, or to go back to doing your activity, because, you know, if you're, if you're home, and you're just thinking about it all the time, that's very hard, and I think that it could, throw you into depression or throw you into a not so good state of mind. So I think that as much as you would be sad where you are, I think that it is important that you keep at least moving in some kinds of direction or something. Just keep yourself going. So, um, you know, I think that's very important. And don't allow people to make you feel guilty for any part of how you feel or anything, but do understand, you know, people think that people are going to be around forever, oh, my parents, oh, they'll be there, I'll go, I'll call them tomorrow, I'll call them next week, I'll go see them next month, that's not the way it works, people are here one minute and then they go on the next and, you know, if you're not going to be there for somebody and you're not going to help them, you know, and support them, when they pass, you're going to have guilt and you're going to have regrets and it always happens. I see it happen. So, you know, if you don't want to feel that way after, then be present for that person now. You know, make the phone call. You know, don't think of them as being a pain in the ass. Oh, you know, uh, it's my mother again or it's my father again. You know, these people, they were—they raised you. They gave birth to you. You know, they, they were there for you. Of course, not everyone has parents that are like that, and I understand that. But I'm just saying with somebody that you don't want to have regrets later. Once they die, it's too late. You can't do it for them then. And you're going to honestly be very, very sad about it. And you're going to say to yourself, God, why didn't I make that phone call? Why didn't I make that visit? So... Trust me, you know, I I have no regrets about anyone or or anything. I've made my peace with everybody. I was there for the people that I loved, but I have seen it around me. And um, so I'm encouraging you to make sure that you are there while they're still alive. And don't wait until they die and you can't do anything about it. So anyway, I'm almost at work, but I really just felt the need to discuss that. So um, have a great day, and I will talk to you soon.